Anyways, welcome everybody to Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Corridon, Alex M. Weiss. This is not Weisscast? This is what? not Weisscast. And oh my joining us for the first time ever, the Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, my girlfriend, Erica J. Lavender. Hello, hello. Very happy to be here. Thank you so much. Happy to have you. Thank you. Alex, Erica, how how are y'all doing? How how's how's Monday treating you, Alex? I've been pumped for this all day. <laughs> Honestly. I have too. I have too. Um Erica, how about you? Um, I have also been pumped for this all day. It's been a great Monday for whatever reason. I didn't have to go to work, so it's been very easy peasy lemon squeezy, which I was happy about. So all is well. I've been just looking forward to this all day. You know who else has been looking forward to this? Craig. Besides Craig, my roommate, Aaron Eldon Hargrove. Does he have opinions on Pirates of the Caribbean? No? I don't know. Um, But, of course, this is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Alex, Erica, and I will review movies slash series of movies. If you like that and you want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast where you can join our producers club for only $1 a month. That $1 a month tier grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast, or you can write your Darmok review. That's right. We have we have Darmok reviews. And Alex, I think you have a couple examples for us. Also, uh, Erica, this was definitely a little bit of a curveball because I forgot to tell you that we changed from a litter of analysis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I- awesome. Awesome. I can rock with it. That's all good. I'm going to save the Darmok review to the end just to hook the listeners. Uh, can we do have multiple can we do just one for uh do one example just for an example well i okay i'll I'll give you the first line because i have it constructed as three lines in my head head okay okay so so sparrow and turner at tortuga beautiful i can't wait to hear the rest of that um absolutely gorgeous because this is the first episode, we haven't had anyone write in, um, but that's okay. There's going to be a first time, and I it's, I tell you what, someone's going to write in faster for this than they do for Weisscast, because this show is going to overtake Weisscast in popularity. Boy, do I tell you. Um, thank you. Oh, wait. Before I get to the thank yous... Uh, also, if you want to be a Patreon producer, you get the show earlier and uncut. The Patreon episode will go up on Wednesday, on every Wednesday, and the regular episode with the cuts, I guess, uh, will go up on either Thursday or Friday. I haven't decided. I I have a censored a version for the masses the censored version thank you to our patreon producer chrono slinger if you don't have any change to toss our way no big deal you can catch the show each and every thursday or friday on podcast services around the globe 
I lost my place. Um, yep. Housekeeping for you soon. We'll be pulling Instagram for our next series. Pirates is a shorter five movie series. So uh, we're going to go on ahead and pull you in the next couple weeks. Be on the lookout for that. And we're going to start building hype for the series after Pirates. Today's episode is brought to you by Weisscast, but more on that later. For now, let's begin with the show with what is and forever will be first impressions so erica we'll do summary after first impressions come on okay <laughs> you jump the gun you gonna get you can jump the gun i uh, i, 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 I wrote the show here uh, erica this is your first viewing of pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl okay i wanted to ask how <laughs> This, okay, so it's kind of my thing that there are so many movies that everyone has seen that, like, duh, everyone's seen that I just haven't. Um, And every single movie in the Pirates of the Caribbean series is included on that list, except now I have, in fact, seen the first one. So feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> I'm finally making my way there. Um, Was the question, Um, what were my first thoughts? Yeah. Okay, well, my first thought was that I did actually do orchestra <laughs> my entire life from the time I was in elementary school till high school. And I think it was middle school, maybe seventh or eighth grade. We did play the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack for our fall concert, I think. So my first reaction was, oh my gosh, this sounds like seventh grade orchestra. Um, and then once I got past that level, I did really enjoy it. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. So You did? I did, yes. Okay. Thumbs up. Alex, what are, what are your impressions? I have a new opinion of Orlando Bloom. And I can sum it up as British Hayden Christensen. Oh, that's not a good opinion. No. <laughs> he, give me some backstory. Why, why, why is this? I I noticed I'd never noticed how stilted and wooden his acting was and how besides setting off the sequence of events he he's not really that integral to the story like mm. you could like replace him and he, I I I don't I don't really care for his acting in this movie but I like everything yeah. else Yeah, that's fair. I I actually uh I noticed something also about Orlando Bloom during this, and it had very little to do with his acting. I think it had more of to do with the continuity of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. Or it could just be my brain misremembering. Um, you, when we're introduced to adult Will Turner at the governor's mm -hmm. mansion, we see him delivering a sword for... Um, Commodore Norrington's promotion. Uh, they call it a coronation. Doesn't seem like the right word. Anyways, um, the governor had ordered the governor had ordered this sword for governor or for captain, soon to be Commodore Norrington. And uh, Will Turner shows up, and you know, throughout the whole movie, he has this chin beard and mustache and. Uh, soul patch combo and it's very faint upon first seeing him but like later in the movie 
it's more pronounced. And that just really bothered me uh, in that first seeing. I don't know if it was like to show that time had passed like later that it's like more pronounced or whatever. But like, I don't know. I just I thought in my memory, when I think of Will Turner, he has that mustache, that soul patch, that chin beard, you know, and it's just like not. That. Like, like the end of uh, Return of the King when Aragorn f- has a full beard all of a sudden. Yeah, but time is obviously passed there. It still always kind of jolted me. Like, where'd that beard come that's, from? That's fair. But this, we'll we'll do we'll do Lord of the Rings in review some other time. This is Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so my impressions were so I I was telling Erica and Alex you were there for this. Um, I saw this movie in theaters for my ninth birthday. Um, I was terrified. <laughs> uh, I I I distinctly, so. <laughs> I distinctly remember leaving. Uh, the the like walking out of the theater. Um, during. Uh, the last battle. Um, where it's like all the skeleton pirates. Against the British Navy. Yeah, that, that was creepy. Um, I don't know why mom and dad let me see that movie, but I'm really glad they did because, I mean, it really shaped my childhood and, and teen years like the series did. Um, I, of course, I mean, I loved the movie. I would never have, like, when I was that age, I would never have admitted that I walked out of the movie because I was scared. Um it's so good. It's so iconic. I say one of the most iconic movie scores of all time. And you know who's a great composer, Aaron? That's right. It's Hans well, Zimmer. But you know who did not score the, the this movie? Hans Zimmer did not score this movie. Zimmer. Yeah, it was Klaus Bedelt? Yeah, he's German. So is but Zimmer. you know who is great at playing the score on her viola is Erica J. Lavender. So there <laughs> you go. <laughs> is that the, the is that the instrument they use in that that one cue? The I, I I mean I don't know the name of the cue, but it's a stringed instrument. That's a great question. More it, than likely, it would have been the first violins and not the viola, but. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's, I'd like to think it was the viola. It's been a second since I've tried playing it, but let's go with it was the viola. Viola pride all the time. <laughs> to, to get us off on a little tangent real quick, uh, I, w- I want to know, Erica, how different are violin and viola? Great question. Um so, okay, so the violin is higher pitched, and the strings on the violin from highest pitch to lowest pitch go E, A, D, G. Um, and then on a viola, it's slightly lower pitched, but you still play it under your chin. It's not like a cello or anything. And the strings from highest to lowest go A, D, G, C. So it has three strings in common, except for it's actually the same strings as a cello. Um, a little fun fact about that. The violin and the bass actually have the same strings, just in opposite order of pitch. So on the bass, the deepest string would be E, whereas on the violin, the highest is E. Um, anyway, pretty much the same instrument. <laughs> but I just think the viola actually has a prettier tone 
again, Viola Pride every day. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for Stringcast, starring Erica J. Lavender, coming to the Weisscast family of podcasts on a podcast service near you. Uh, guys, I got some fun facts for you about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, first of all, it was released in... Wait for it. Wait for it. I just found it. I, I lost it and then I found it again. Um, July 13th, 2003. So just days before Alex and my birthday. Uh, Alex was born two days before me on July 17th and I was born on July 19th. Um, a couple of years apart. It, uh, just a couple of eight years apart. It uh, <laughs> had a budget of $140 million and grossed $654 million worldwide um, with a runtime of 143 minutes. Uh, it, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Um, some fun facts. The film, be, it began filming on October 9th, 2002 and ended filming Friday, March 7th, 2003. I feel like that's a pretty short filming time for movie this this caliber that's like a short turnaround like what did it start, uh begin november october of 2002 so less than a year oh. before release october so five months six months of shooting and then march that's a four month post-production that's a very quick turnaround and just think like this movie is really good especially considering that it had nine months between starting to film and release. Mm-hmm. It's well, crazy. There's quite a bit of CGI too, so. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was actually surprised. I think I feel like Disney Plus updated the CG- CGI a little bit because I do not remember it looking as good as it does upon watching it on Disney Plus. We've got it on DVD. I guess we could tell compare i also have it on dvd but i watched it on disney plus yeah as did as did we uh yeah uh you know let's see if i have any more fun facts for you some fun trivia Kira Knightley claimed that she was so sure that she was going to get fired uh, after a few days' work on the film, she only packed a few things to go with her to start filming. Um, Johnny Depp wore contact lenses, which served as sunglasses, so he wouldn't be squinting at the sun the whole time. Oh, gosh. Thank goodness this didn't happen. Um... Originally, Johnny Depp wanted Jack Sparrow to have no nose and be afraid of silly things like pepper and the common cold. Disney rejected the idea. Rightfully so. Yeah, that was a good move on Disney's part. Very much so. Um, seem... <laughs> the various eunuch lines were improvisations by Johnny Depp, which is hilarious to me. Uh, that's all with the fun facts. Alex, hit us with that summary. All right. 
Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the Black Pearl is oh, grammatical mistake. Uh, follows Jack Sparrow, Elizabeth Swan, and Will Turner as they encounter cursed pirates who can't die but need one last piece of treasure Elizabeth holds and a secret that Will carries. Throughout the film, alliances are made and broken, buckles are swashed, and we get to see Jeffrey Rush as an amazing pirate. End synopsis. All right. Thank you for the synopsis. And I take you through my interpretation of the summary. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Lady and gentlemen? Absolutely, I am Why ready. Why do you have an interpretation of the synopsis? The synopsis, interpretation, of, or in my my version of the... Just let me tell the story, all right? Oh, I thought you were going to interpret my synopsis. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. All right. I want to hear that. Be open on a British Royal Navy ship, and we see Governor Swan, Captain Norrington, a young Elizabeth Swan, and a surprisingly clean Mr. Gibbs. Last time. Um, yeah, the last time he was clean. Uh, they are making the sail from England to Port Royal. And young Elizabeth Swan singing Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. And Mr. Gibbs is like, quiet, Missy. Bad luck singing about pirates. He's type of weather. Um, and you know what? Sure enough, they find a burning merchant ship and a boy floating in the water. And Elizabeth's all like, there's a boy! There's a boy floating in the water! And I do have to say, Alex, real quick, that I think that young Elizabeth Swan was horribly miscast. Because she looks nothing like Kira Knightley. I mean, no offense to this girl. She's a fine enough actor, but like, she looks nothing like Kira Knightley. I mean, I think Eric and I even talked about that, right? Didn't we? Did we? We did. Um, whenever Kira Knightley came on the screen, I was like, oh, it's the little girl all grown up. Like, I was able to put two and two together, but I did agree that. Um, I don't know. They could have found someone who maybe looked a little more like her. You, you know what they should have done, Alex? They should have gotten the uh, the, the the little girl that was the um, that was one of the decoys of of Queen Amidala. <laughs> Portman. Yeah, I know. I wonder if is Kira Knightley like Greek She's one descent of the... or something. I what? don't know. We can look that up real quick. I'm just looking at a picture of her versus the the little girl actress. And the little girl has like blonde hair, or blonde-ish hair. Your Knightley's hair is darker. Hmm. Your Knightley's hair is darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's just British. Oh, and Scottish. All right. So there's there's a boy there's a boy in the water. Anyways, they they rescue uh, Commodore Nor or Captain Norrington. It's more like man overboard. And so they rescue this little boy, and uh, he's not breathing. Um, young young Kira Knightley is you know works her magic and resuscitates him, and he coughs up some water, and um, 
introduce each, each themselves to each other, and uh, she noticed this uh, gold medallion and just swipes it right off of him like the little thief that she is. Flash forward about mm, eight years. It it says eight years, I think, in the movie, but you know, I don't think it really matters. They're adults now, um, and we we. And to a scene with Kira Knightley waking up from this dream. She was remembering her voyage to the New World, to Port Royal. And her maidservant is talking to her about uh, Commodore Norrington's promotion. Um, Kira Knightley's obviously not very excited. She knows that her dad wants to marry wants her to marry him. Um, maybe her dad wants to marry him himself. I don't know remains to be seen um they talk for a little bit there's a little bit of exposition uh then we're introduced to adult will turner and alex i gotta tell you that this is one of my favorite parts of the movie this is so iconic to me um it has that very that very like early 2000s late 90s flavor of like comedy in an action movie you know what i mean like he's like messing with that candle thing and it breaks off and he's like uh what do i do what do i do and he just puts it down in the umbrella what it's a great scene it's a great scene but it's it's very late 90s early 2000s and uh and I was telling Erica this the other day, like this exchange between uh, this exchange between Governor Swan and uh, Will Turner is one of my favorite things. It's like that's gold filigree in the blade or in the in the hilt, and then the tang's nearly the full width of the blade. And I told her, you know, sometimes at restaurants I like to do that with butter knives. <laughs> um, you may have seen but, this movie more than I have. I've seen this movie a lot. I, I I make a point to watch it, watch the series like once a year. Um, and after this scene, Alex and Erica, I think we have the most iconic character introduction maybe in all of cinema history. And I hope I'm not over exaggerating that. I I think it really is you you have the most you have the classic the quintessential pirates of the caribbean music which is jack sparrow's theme you have jack sparrow standing on on the sail uh or the mast of his boat um it is you see him he just looks so epic and then look down in the boat and it's sinking and just there is no dialogue in this until he gets to the dock but it is such a great character introduction because it shows us all about his character. Erica, from this from this scene, could you tell that this this guy was going to be like pretty goofy? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I thought it was a great um, introduction. I kind of knew. I mean, this is so silly, but I kind of knew a little bit about him just from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney World. So I had like a gist of what his personality was going to be like. Um, but even if I didn't, I feel like just watching that um, opening, that little opening introduction of him would have given me like what I needed to know. Um, I feel like it told us that, you know, he was kind of a little bit goofy, maybe a little bit all over the place and not 
you know. But, like, he did what he had to do to get it done. Like, he had his bucket. He was dumping water overboard. He made it to the dock eventually, even though, like, only his sail was still out of the water. Like, he he makes it, you know? He's a little scrappy, but he knows what he has to do to get it done. So. That might be the best pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard and, <laughs> and he has this exchange with the dock master. Doc Smith, Doc Brown. Doc. Um, Doc, Doc. Doc. Hickory Dickory Doc. Um, he has this exchange and uh, they don't, he, he keeps his anonymity. That's a, that's a big word. That's a, that's a master's level word for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's a dollar fifty word at least. Yeah, that's a $64,000 word. Anyways, <laughs> keeps anonymity. Um, we cut to uh, hey. Before you get too far away from the introduction, can I say something? Okay, I'd be insulted if you didn't. Okay, I mean, I didn't know where your summary ends and our analysis begins. So, uh, anyways, uh, one thing I like about Jack's introduction is like the first couple shots are close up, so you and you can see the mast, but you kind of think he's on this giant ship. And then when it cuts to a wide shot, he's got this tiny, tiny ship. You're just like, like this comically small ship. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, and I think that's something else that adds to his character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to analyze as I summarize the movie. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Erica, pop in whenever. Um, you don't have to wait to be cued. Absolutely. Um, where was I? Where was I? Um, pay the dock master. Pay the dock master. We go over to Commodore Norrington's promotion. Um, and we kind of cut between that and the uh, exchange between uh, Jack and... Wait, I have the characters' names. I'm so sorry. I need to pull up the characters' names again. I have them. Jack and... Oh, shoot. What are these guys named? I need to pull it up on my phone. I can't see their pictures good enough on the... I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I am unprepared. Because... This it's important that I get their names because there there is a very special part of the show coming up, and I just I need their names. Um, Mulroy and Murtog. Captain Jack has this discussion with Mulroy and Murtog, and Alex. That brings us to our first podcast within a podcast. Voodoo. <laughs> Voodoo, voodoo. I'm gonna hit the theme music, and when I when I pause, I need you to say kudu, and then after I pause the second time, I need you to say voodoo. All right? Okay. Ribbit beep a doo. Ribbit beep a doo. Voodoo. Welcome everybody to Kudu Voodoo, the podcast within a podcast where cool dudes rank funny dudes. Uh, this, of course, is. 
first time that funny dudes come up in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, they do just obvious comic relief characters. Um, this, of course, is Mulroy and Murtog of the British Royal Navy. Uh, Mulroy's the guy with the the longer face and like the the he's like more matter of fact, and Murtog's the one that's a little bit more, um, I guess, dumb ish um he's the one that believes in the black pearl um when when mulroy does not and there's just this really funny conversation alex and erica between uh jack sparrow and mulroy and murtog and um the most iconic part i think is when <laughs> when murtog's like i said no lies you know uh that 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 little exchange right there i just i don't know why but i love that quote um uh, I I wish that I quoted that quote more often. Uh, but uh, once the other funny dudes come up in just a second, we will rank them which duo is better. All right. Um, so we will come back to Kudu Fudu in just a second. Um, but on with the analysis, uh, we cut back over to the the promotion. Norrington is, you know, macking on Elizabeth Swan, you know, trying to propose and he's being a nervous wreck. Just like a guy that is approximately 15 years older than um, a girl I would be, I guess. what the age gap was because he was a full-blown adult at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm going to say at least 15 years, though. Yeah. Whatever. Uh anyways, he's like, You become a fine woman, Elizabeth. And then she she straight up faints because she has this tight corset on from the beginning of the movie and she can't breathe. And he's <laughs> there's this really funny uh miscommunication she's like i can't breathe and he's like yeah i am nervous too <laughs> and she just falls off the fort into the sea and um my favorite uh, my favorite lieutenant in all of Pirates of the Caribbean uh, comes up. I think it, I believe it's Gillette. Um, he, uh, well, first he's he uh, Norrington's like Elizabeth, Elizabeth, and then Gillette comes up. Sir, it's a miracle that she missed him. She missed the rocks. Um, I I don't know why. I just really love Gillette. Um, anyways, uh, it cuts back over to Jack. Um, they see, or Murtog, Mulroy, and Jack see Elizabeth fall into the water, and Jack's like, "Are either of you going to save her?" And um, they're like, "No, we we can't swim." And then he's all like, he owns them and is like, "Pride of the King's Navy, you are." Gives him his stuff, dives in, goes to save Elizabeth, saves Elizabeth, put throws her on the dock. Throws her. Uh, realize the corset's the one that's make the thing that's making her can't breathe can't breathe not been words are hard guys um you're doing amazing take another Thanks. sip of that that stuff there we go words are hard uh the corset gets removed she can finally breathe um oh the... dear brother you forgot one detail what did i forget when she when she hits the water the the uh Oh, Boy, I did. Sends out a signal. 
Yes. So, okay. The coin sends out this seismic at signal, um, for lack of a better term. And it's like a, like a very miniature earthquake, mm-hmm. very miniature. Um, and Mulroy and Murtaugh were like, what was that? And anyways, yeah, I did forget that. I did forget that. You're so right. You're so, so, so right. Um, so they're on the dock. I need yeah. to interject and say with, um, one thing I really, really, really admire about pirates. Well, uh, you know, for lack of a better I don't want to say Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. It's just pirates. Um, was all of the setups and the payoffs and the script. And, like, the way they set up the coin at the beginning, you know, now it's the second, you know, oh, your your attention's drawn back to the coin. What's up with the coin? At this point, we don't know what's up with the coin. And the way they set up the uh, corset. And, I mean, it's not a major story point, but they uh it it is useful i guess because it it kind of drives elizabeth to be inter- be uh introduced to jack and also have the coin cut uh touch the water i just really i like the efficiency in storytelling yeah i i really appreciate that too and like even even the course that comes up a, a little later in the final battle um, as kind of like a cheesy mid two thousands one liner, which I really appreciate that. But we'll get to that later. Um, the British Royal Navy surrounds Jack and Elizabeth along with Governor Swan, um, and um, they threaten to arrest him. They threaten to kill him because he's a pirate. Um, they realize that he's Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> um, and then he he escapes by somehow like I don't I don't understand how this works like he's surrounded by like at least eight people right, and somehow he gives them the slip. He takes Elizabeth hostage for like five seconds. Well, he has he has shackles on his hands. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that, but like, how does he make the initial move to get Elizabeth without being shot or stabbed or something? Like, I don't understand how that. I mean, I guess I got to suspend disbelief. Like, Erica, did you have an issue with that at all? Like, I mean, maybe I'm overanalyzing. Um, I can't say I did have an issue with it. Um, I feel like especially because it was my first time seeing the movie, like details that maybe like you would notice after like a few times having seen it i don't know i didn't have an issue with it personally but you know i'm new here so <laughs> fair enough but we we need your perspective too we we need your perspective because you're seeing it with fresh eyes and alex and i are seeing it with eyes that have seen this movie since for 17 years you know this is fair this is definitely fair um so somehow Jack escapes. He does this Jack Sparrow thing where he uh, releases this cannon and it breaks the dock. And he like, I think, I mean, it's never really explicitly said, but I mean, he might have straight up killed some dudes. Um, and he gets away in a very Jack Sparrow way. Um, he's looking for the town. Black blacksmith finds him um, to break the shackles. Um, blacksmith's asleep. 
perfect. Um, and then, guys, one of my favorite sword fights in the whole series. It's so, it's money. It's money. And you know what? I I really hope that someone on YouTube edited in some some lightsabers on there because I feel like it'd be a really good lightsaber battle too. Um, but you know, just a little crossover um, for you. But and can I and also say, as someone watching the movie with fresh eyes, I did also think it was a great sword fight, like very visually striking. I enjoyed it a lot. So um, just wanted to throw that out there. Like watching it, I was like, wow, this is great. And it was only my first time seeing it, so I didn't even have that much time to appreciate it. But I still loved it. Yeah, I just feel like the choreography was amazing. Um, I don't know who did the choreography for this movie. Um, maybe I could look them up on IMDb real quick. Um, see full cast. I've been reading the uh, uh, the book about the making of the Princess Bride which I know it's a different movie, but they've been talking, or it's by Carrie Ellis, and he's been talking about the uh, sword fight in that movie, the whole book. And so I'd been kind of having that sword fight in my mind while I was watching Pirates, and I was kind of comparing them. But I, 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 all that to say, it's a great sword fight, and probably the best since The Princess Bride. Because, you know, in between, like, I can't name any sword fights and any major sword fights between 87 and nine and 2003. I mean, yeah, I guess there weren't really like one-on-one -on -one sword fights in Lord of the Rings, huh? I mean, it was like just action, like Aragorn would like oh. kill a bunch of orcs, you know? Like it wasn't like, um, maybe... Aragorn and Lurtz at the end of Fellowship of the Ring? Maybe? Lurtz just threw a shield. There was a little bit of a fight, huh? Yeah, but it wasn't a duel. That's fair. Yeah, like, Lord of the Ring had right. sword play, but there was no sparring and, you know, a bat no yeah. battle of wits either. That's true. That's very true. I mean, the closest um, thing we yeah, have is Star Wars, and that's... I mean, it's a completely different style. It's a completely different style, and it's not... It's it's lightsabers, not not swords. Um, but... <clears throat> yeah, it's just... It's really good the way that they, like, kind of use the environment to sword fight each other um i mean it it's it's really cool um but then jack cheats um and he says pirate and um the blacksmith that was asleep wakes up and knocks jack out with his bottle of rum um and jack jack goes to jail um the next part of the movie is jack in jail Sounds like Jack and Jill. Um, Jack in jail with other... I'm assuming they're pirates, but they could just be your run-of-the-mill prisoners. Um, they're trying to escape by calling the dog over, the dog that holds the keys, because, of course, the dog holds the keys. Um, it's the ride, by the way. Oh, that's a reference to the ride? Yes. Oh. Huh. Erica, can you speak to this? 
Um, I unfortunately cannot speak to this. What is a reference to the ride? The dog or the the pirates trying to get the dog's attention with the bone in the jail. Um, I'm not sure I'm familiar with with the ride. Didn't you say you went on the ride? Oh. The Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. ride? I did. Now, I wish I be... could remember. I'm so sorry. I really don't. Now, to um, be fair, they changed the ride after the movie to reflect the movie. Oh. I really do wish I could remember. If I was more of an avid Disney World goer, maybe I would, but I'm really not familiar. So you sorry. Know, chan- chances are you probably rode the ride after mm-hmm. the movie was released. Yeah, so... definitely. It's so... probably been since I was maybe in eighth grade since I've been on this ride. So um, I did love it. It was cute. I loved the song. Um, I can't say I remember much else. That's okay. Um, just about this time... Um, while Jack is in jail, Elizabeth Swan's getting ready for bed. Her maid servant is heating up the bed with this pan of hot coals, which is always bothers me. I'm like, how is she not going to burn her feet? That's what I'm thinking. Like that just that reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael sleeps with a George Foreman at his foot at the foot of his bed. <laughs> Do you think she burns her feet every morning trying to make some delicious bacon? So, this is the crossover we need here. <laughs> Which it's a... what uh, one of the, one of the actors from this movie is also in the British Office, so there is a connection. That's, that's very true. Oh, do they exist in the same world? The world may never know. <laughs> the world may never know. Um, and then. As that conversation's happening, a conversation between Governor Swan and Commodore Norrington's happening on top of the fort, and what's that? Cannon in the distance. Oh boy, howdy. You hear a cannon, and the the wall comes crumbling down. Um, They are about to be pillaged by pirates. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the first introduction of the Black Pearl, I, the the crew of the Black Pearl. Um, they come to port. They come to Port Royal. They they attack and pillage. Um, one of the cannonballs hits <clears throat> the wall where that that group of prisoners is, right next to Jack. Um, I still don't understand how none of them are harmed, but you know the magic of movies, um, and they escape. Um, but not not old Jack. He does just he's just out on his luck, you know. Um, he had to be in solitary right next door to them. <laughs> he had to be in solitary. That would that would be torture, kind of. Well, I guess it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be torture unless they escaped like that. Then it then it is kind of torture. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I guess it did become torture. Um, they're attacking and pillaging. Will Turner takes up arms and goes out and kill pirates. Tries to kill pirates. Um, then there's this other very mid 2000s moment where this guy with a big hook gets Will by the neck and he's like, has this hatch and he's like, say goodbye. And then uh, the sign falls and like knocks him, it knocks him into the store. But Will managed to to get away really quick and he's like, 
boy. Like, I don't know why. That's just very mid-2000s, like, late 90s uh, action movie to me. I, I, I guess it's... I don't know. I feel like I've seen that in other... Something like that in other movies. Like, that kind of one-liner. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the uh, Pearl attacking the city, or the, the... Is it a city? Village? Royal. Point Royal. And also the pirate chasing the the lady are both references to the ride as well. Direct references that's, to the ride. That's a fun fact. Um, then the ride. Alex and Erica, we get introduced to. Wait for it. Wait for it. Beep 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 badoo. Kudu. Beep beep badoo. Foodoo. Welcome back, everybody, to Kudu Foodoo, the podcast within a podcast where cool dudes rank funny dudes. This this scene, we get introduced to Pintel and Rigetti. Um, Rigetti is the one that comes from the British version of The Office. Um, he has a wooden eye, and Pintel is the short, stocky one um, who has a sense of humor. I think and a skullet. Um, I think these guys play off each other really well. They have really good chemistry. I, I mean, uh, good old Murtaugh and Mulroy also have pretty good chemistry, but <clears throat> I think we're just shown more of Rigetti and Pintel, Um and I think they have more of an opportunity to be funny. Um, Erica, if you had to, if you had to compare these two sets of characters what would you think um the second two the i can't I, you just said their names i can't remember the one with the wooden eye and what were their names uh, rigetti and pintle okay to me to me they were they were maybe more entertaining but they were entertaining in a different way if that makes sense like they felt like um i was saying to you while we were watching it like they kind of reminded me of like um like the 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 wet bandits from home alone in a very odd way they were just kind of like like goofy but like they were like the bad guys and they were like still scary but like they they were more funny than scary i thought whereas like the first two M- mill M- what were their names they started with an m Roy <laughs> yeah and them too somebody them too they they were they were less i don't know to me they were maybe a little bit less memorable than the second two well the for first two reason. guys had like one one scene like that's one fair. really good scene that's fair i think yeah no that, that that's a good point but um yeah from the second the second like the second two characters that we're talking about came on the screen i was like oh they're funny and i liked them pretty quickly so would we can we agree at Rigetti and Pintel rank first, and Mulroy and what's his name rank second. I agree with that assessment. Correct. Yeah. I. Pintel. And two. You know what? I want to call I don't him Murtaugh, sign in. but that's the guy from. I think that's the guy. It's from Murtaugh. Murtog. Yeah, it's Murtog and Mulroy. 
And uh, just minor spoilers, light spoilers. Uh, these these probably will be like this for the first three movies. And then once we hit four and five, we'll have other comic relief characters. But Kudu Fudu, Funny Dudes, Rigetti and Pintil, top of the list, followed by Murtog and Mulroy. Back to the summary. Rigetti and Pintil make their way to the governor's mansion. And um, the uh, by this time, Elizabeth Son was awakened by the maidservant. Uh, she's like, we got to go. We got to leave. She's the governor's daughter. They're going to kidnap her. Um, and uh, just then, there's a knock at the door. And the butler goes to answer the, do- the, the door. And uh, Rig- Pintil has one of my favorite lines in the movie. He's like, no chum, and then just shoots him right in the face. That is like just deadpan. It's brutal. It's what a pirate would do. Um, we just talk about how it, scary the scene is, like or just spooky it is. It is pretty it's spooky. Kind of spooky. I mean, I'm kind of glad that we watched it on Halloween week. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know if uh, Pirates of the Caribbean just feels like a, a Halloween movie a little bit. Because I mean. When when we're in the scene, you don't know Pintle or Rigetti are comic relief characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like you said, he just, Pintle just shoots the guy point blank and then mm-hmm. stalks Elizabeth, finds mm-hmm. her in the closet. Yep. Um, so Elizabeth sees this happen. She's, like, kind of on the run. She, she knocks down the chandelier um, to try to, you know, distract them or whatever locks herself in the dining room um tries to get a sword down from the mantle and we have one of these mid-2000s comic uh moments like sword does not come unstuck uh and it like the music stops and it's just it, it reminds me a lot of that opening scene with will turner uh with the candle um I don't know if I like that part of the scene as much as the candlestick. I mean, Erica, do you do you have any qualms with this scene? Um, no, I I can't say I do. I wish that I had like, I don't know, more qualms so I could say more things. But no, I really didn't. You can say um, good things too. Yeah, you have like lines or. For me, this wasn't like it was. It was like a memorable scene in some ways, but it wasn't like I, I don't have qualms. It doesn't stick in my mind as like, oh, I strongly liked it or I strongly disliked it. When there are scenes that I strongly liked or strongly disliked, I will for sure make it known. <laughs> I, I... So, because she can't get the sword, she decides to hide in the closet. Um, but she leaves a corner of the rug folded. And that leaves Rigetti and Pintle right to her. And we have one of the most iconic lines in the whole movie, the whole franchise. Hello, pulpit. And it just chills. I love it. Because you think Elizabeth's about to die. And then she's like, Parlay. And uh, she explains what Parlay is over exposition. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, she ends up 
going to the Black Pearl. And, guys. Yes. I think it's time for Kudu Badu. Kudu Badu. I don't know what it stands for. Kudu Badu. Kudu Badu. Welcome everybody to the podcast within a podcast, Kudu Badu, the podcast where cool dudes rank bad dudes. This being the first in the series, let's just take a moment to talk about Captain Barbosa. Captain Barbosa is introduced in this scene where Rigetti and Pintle take Elizabeth Swan back to the Black Pearl and boy howdy is he 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 is he just looks like commanding he he looks like he begs for res- not begs for respect he he like you just respect him immediately like as a bad guy as a character um he demands respect you know can we talk about how great of a performance Jeffrey Rush gave and how he just like nailed every line delivery and how he just is like the best pirate actor well, he for sure is. I I think Barbosa is my favorite character. Um, followed closely behind Jack Sparrow, but like Barbosa, like Jeffrey Rush, just knocks it out of the park. Uh, he sounds like a pirate. He looks like a pirate. He probably smelled like a pirate. Um, he just the way he says things, like you best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one, you know, like just stuff like that. Like his, you're so right. His line delivery is amazing. And um, he is obviously intelligent. He's more intelligent than the rest of the pirate crew. Um, He's got one of my favorite lines in his introduction. And of course I don't, I can't recite it. Like when he says no in a complicated way. To, to oh, yeah. Elizabeth. <laughs> He's like, means no. Uh, yes. We are disinclined. To, yeah. Disinclined to, to acquiesce your request. Means no. And then she repeats it later, which I actually never caught. Is that crazy? Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie a lot. There's um, one thing I caught too, but I'll get to it when we're there. Or I um, caught it for the first time. Yeah, so like she's being held prisoner in the ship. Um you know, the the governor realizes she's gone, Commodore realizes she's gone, Will Turner realizes she's gone, Will recruits Jack to go rescue her. Um he breaks Jack out of jail. They go steal um at first they steal the Dauntless is just a huge ship in the British Royal Navy and um, they manage to take it they are chased by the Interceptor which is a fast uh, smaller ship in the British Royal Navy and um, but before they do that before they before they swap ships um, they have just this great 
interaction, Will Turner and Jack Sparrow, and also I think one of the most iconic uh, scenes in the whole series. Uh, that one where where like Jack like looks over the o- over his shoulder, and Will's like they're coming like right here. Boom! It's on the that, DB page. That exact one. It's very iconic. Um, and um you know while it's off screen they disable the rudder chain um they like they like break the ship and um they hide and when they're when they're boarded from the interceptor uh they they swing over to the to the interceptor as the dauntless is getting boarded and then they cut all the ropes that were used to board the dauntless um and they just take off they successfully steal the interceptor, and um, uh, before before this happens, Commodore's like, "He's got to be the worst pirate I've ever heard of." And then uh, later in the scene, when they successfully steal the interceptor, uh, this unnamed pirate is like, "He's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen," and Commodore has just this smug. So it would seem. I just, I don't know. I love Commodore Dorrington. I feel like that's an, maybe an unpopular opinion. I think he's my third favorite character in the movie. Important story beat there, Aaron. What's that? It's, uh, the reason Jack agrees to go with Will in the first place is because Will says his last name is Turner, Will Turner, and that oh. his dad's name is William uh, Jack is like son of William Turner and then he's like sure I'll go with you you know I uh I meant to write this down I'm just going purely from memory so I I thank you for having those interjections um anyways they steal the interceptor they go to Tortuga. Tortuga, of course, is this pirate safe haven. It's this pirate city. It's pretty much one big island bar, um, which seems dirty and nasty, and there's pirate hookers and all this stuff. Everyone's drunk. And we get reintroduced to Mr. Gibbs, who's sleeping with pigs. And this is also one of my favorite... It's not an introduction. It's a reintroduction, but it's kind of an introduction. You probably forgot about him, unless you've seen the movie. True, 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 true. Um, but we we get reintroduced to Gibbs, and he's sleeping with the pigs, and they wake him up with uh, a bucket of water, and uh, there's just this great exchange between Gibbs and jack where he's like you know it's bad luck to wake a man when he's sleeping and jack's like oh i know how to counteract that and it's like the man who the waking is the man who was sleeping a drink and he has like he has to like listen to this proposal and then will throws a buck another bucket of water on him and it's just like also the smell <laughs> and it's just another one of those one-liners from this. There's so many one-liners in this movie, and I, I love it. Uh, I don't think that they overdid it with the one-liners. Some movies can overdo it, but I, I think this was the perfect amount. Um, so they start talking. Um, Jack wants to recruit a crew. 
Um, Jack tells Gibbs what Will told Jack, essentially. Am I missing anything from there? Jack calls Will leverage. Oh, right. Oh, that really bothered Erica. I need you to talk about the leverage pronunciation. I wish it didn't bother me so much, but every time they said leverage, my entire body, like, I I couldn't handle it. Like, I would just, like, tense up and cringe. I wish that they would just say leverage. But, I mean, I understand the Britishness of it all, so I can't be too mad. But every time, and they said it quite a bit. It's a very common word throughout the rest of the movie. Um, Every single time, I kind of... (laughs) Kind of had to stop for a second and then regather myself. I don't know why it bugged me so much. Yeah, it it didn't ever bother me until you pointed it out, and now it kind of bothers me. Um, really dumb. So sorry for ruining that word for you. It, it was this viewing. I don't know why I'm pointing at my microphone, but this viewing that I I tied the like I connected the dots, and I'm like, oh, the leverage is. Sorry, the leverage, leverage is that Will is Bootstrap Bill's son. Duh. I'm like, um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know why I never, I, I knew it, but I didn't make that connection fully until this time. So the actor that played Gibbs, um, let me find him real quick. Kevin McNally. He's British. But he says leverage. He's the only one in the entire movie that says leverage. Does it does it also because of that, bother you, Erica, when people say status? To me, status doesn't sound as horrid as leverage sounds. No, data's not bad also. I feel like plenty of people say I I'm personally a data type of person and a status type of person. Um those two don't bother me too much. I would say status bothers me more than data bothers me, but leverage is just a different level of of bad news. <laughs> so data is interesting. Um, when I'm talking about I think wait the 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 by pronunciation person. Yeah, I use them both, but I'm trying to think of what context I use. I feel like I'm talking about if I'm talking about like data used on my phone, like we have unlimited data with T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. It's not our sponsor. We'll get to our sponsor later. Uh, but if I'm talking about like saved saved uh, data, like like a saved like a game like it or something like it's it's rewriting on the hard drive i'm hard, i'm writing data on the hard drive you know like if i save a document it's saved as data on the hard drive see data bothers me status bothers me but leverage never bothered me for some reason congratulations you guys are polar opposites yeah i'm so glad that uh, leverage does not bother you because I'm sure that makes this movie just that much more of an enjoyable experience. <laughs> no, I had to. I had to endure Orlando Bloom's acting too. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. See, and that didn't bother me as much. So, you know, grass is always greener, I suppose. <laughs> but we can enjoy Jeffrey Rush together. 
Yes, very much so. Anyways, they're having this conversation. Um, Lever just said too many times. Um, Then Gibbs recruits a ragtag group of pirates, and they're all introduced. Um, Our homeboy, what's his name? What's his name? Mr. Cotton? Nope. Not the act, or not the character's name. What's the actor's name? Oh, I didn't know his name. Vince Lozano, um, the the dwarf. That um, I thought he was in more movies. I thought it was Vern Troyer. It's not Vern Troyer. Um, but <laughs> we're introduced to all these characters, including Mr. Cotton, the guy that has his tongue cut out. And lo and behold, we get Zoe Saldana. You stole my trivia. <laughs> it's not trivia. It's it should be well known. I also never knew she was in this movie until yesterday. Zoe Saldana is like one of my celebrity crushes. So like, it, of course I knew she was in this movie. Like, how could I not? Um, did I know she was in this movie? as a kid and then you know six years later when i saw star trek and like thought i saw her for the first time no i did not know that but yeah it's good old young zoe saldana um who is you didn't know kira knightley was in star wars episode one as a kid neither did i yep very true very true um this is the ragtag group of pirates that gibbs recruits and they are off. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on what happens next. Does it go... It goes back to the pirates, right? They're, are they, they're in the... Is this when uh, uh, Barbosa and Swan, uh, Elizabeth have their dinner? Oh, yes, 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 yes. The dinner. Um, okay, yes. This is when the line comes back up. Um Spaghetti and Pencil come in and bring her this very, you know, let's just call it 17th century dress. Don't know exactly when this takes place, but I'm going to guess it's the 17th or 18th century. And um, and she says, or they say, the, the captain would like you uh, to dine with him in his quarters. And she says, I'm disinclined to acquiesce to his request. And <laughs> they say, he said you say that. And he said if you refused, you'd be dining with the crew and you'd be naked. And she begrudgingly takes the the, the dress from them and uh, puts the dress on and then goes to this lavish meal like i don't know how i mean these guys are really rich pirates but like i don't even know how they, they... Don't even have to eat why do they have food exactly like that, that's my th- yeah why do they have all this food why can this guy cook why is he uh, where did he get trained did he get trained is he michelin certified i have all these questions does he have the 11 herbs and spices that the colonel uses i have so many freaking questions um yeah, there just this this guy is a fearsome pirate, but he obviously takes cooking very seriously. Um, he's not even named; he's just Chef Pirate, Pirate Chef. 
No, sure, Jeff sure. Pirate. Jeff Pirate. Um, they have this meal. There's a lot of exposition. Um, Barbosa talks about how they're cursed, and um, Elizabeth. There's like, one I don't... great shot in this. Um, I I feel bad for interrupting, but you said to interrupt and interject when I I should. I did. I, I did. I did. I did. And I'm, of course, I I never looked at it with a movie maker eye when I was a teenager. Uh, I've watched a lot more documentaries and stuff, learned more about the process since then. But there's like, I I never noticed how the food kept moving before, and then it just keeps rocking back and forth on the table because the the ship is rocking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And there's this one scene when Barbosa is pouring wine and he pours the wine as his glass is sliding across the table and he just does it without looking. And it's great just because he's like looking at Elizabeth in the eye, just pouring this wine as it slides across the table. I've never noticed that either. Um, but yeah, there's exposition. Barbosa's like, yo, we're cursed. Here's, Kira Knightley's like, I don't believe in gore stories. <laughs> Words are hard. Um, or Gerstrumps. She doesn't believe in ghost stories. Um, she gets fed up, tries to stab him. And he's all like, he takes the knife out of his chest and he's like, well, what were you planning on doing after you killed me? She runs out of the dining room. The crew is all skeletonized and doing their chores. And then Barbosa delivers one of my favorite lines. And I think it was in the trailer as well. It was like, mm-hmm. you best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. Or in one. Um, I love that line. He pops the cork uh, open out of the wine and just like, oh, that's, that's, then he downs it. Yeah, yeah he right? just. And can I just say that this scene was very, I was very like, shook watching this scene because i think that going into this movie i didn't really know that there were going to be like skeleton pirates i thought that everyone was just a normal human being i didn't really think that there would be like a i don't know if it's like the right word but like a supernatural element this was very all um very exciting when all this happened i was like oh wow there's a whole nother layer to this movie i was not expecting at all so that was a lot of fun as a first time viewer i didn't see that coming well i kind of saw it coming because like whatevsies but it was I, I I didn't I don't know it was it was very. You never even saw a trailer for this movie. That might be what I'm telling you. I I mean, <laughs> I think that at some point in my life I've seen at least a couple scenes when they're like on TV, probably from like the second or third or fourth movie. Um, but no, I had never seen a trailer. I really did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, I just really liked how the skeleton pirates looked. That was very mm-hmm. exciting for me also. I didn't know that they were going to look like that. Anyway, that was just fun for me. Oh, can I just say that when Barbosa downs the wine, you see it trickling through his ribcage. That's also a reference to the ride. I need to get back on this ride, obviously. I need to go back to Disney World. Because mm-hmm. everything that y'all are saying is making me just want to go back. Oh, well, we- in, in, unless you want to wait for uh, if you don't want to wait for COVID to get over I'm not going to mention COVID too much but uh, there is a recording of the uh, the ride on YouTube from 1967 
and just beware there's uh, some lines that have not aged well in the last 50 plus years some very yeah. classic disney embraced thank you classic for that. disney but <laughs> you get to see the original ride from 1867 nice that's pretty cool so I, I actually I know we've been talking a lot about uh, this particular scene where Barbosa downs that wine. Um, <laughs> I have this really in, not interesting. It's not interesting. It's just stupid. Um, I swear I, when I've had something to drink like after football, I, I think specifically during like a sports practice or something, and I like drink it really fast. I swear. I swear. I swear. I could feel it like on my ribs. Either of you know what I'm talking about? No. I wish so badly that I did know what you were talking about, but I just can't say I do. Um, but I'm so happy for you that you had that experience. That's wonderful. <laughs> no, I like. <laughs> I just. I. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, why it happened, but I swear I've had this feeling before, and maybe it's just because this movie's so ingrained in me, and, and, and I thought I've seen this, but you know, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I swear I've had that feeling. Um, so, but whenever I, it's not been lately, like not since like high school or something, but. Um, I remember when it did happen, I just instantly thought of the scene. Um, just whatever, we can go on with the. It, it cuts away. We go back to the pirates. Um, what are the pirates doing? Oh, Gibbs is talking to Will. The other pirates. Jack. The good pirates. The other pirates. The good pirates, not the bad pirates, sorry. Gibbs and Will are talking. Um, Will's like, so why is Jack all... doesn't use words. Sorry, listeners. Um, but he's like, why is he all like kind of quirky? For lack of a better word. And Gibbs tells him the story about how Barbosa Or how Jack was the pirate or the captain of the Black Pearl, and Barbosa betrayed him and caused a mutiny. And they left Jack stranded on an island and only left him a pistol with one shot. And Will's like, pistol with one shot? And he's like, well, it's not very good for hunting, is it? Um, but I mean, to be fair, if you're a really good hunter only need one shot right anyways um it's implied that uh the one shot is for the pirate who gets stranded with it and is driven to madness and gets caused to commit suicide um anyways um they're talking about this and how jack escaped he wrangled sea turtles Sea turtles and um, sea turtles, sea turtles. And Will's like, What did he wrangle them with? Um, and no, he said, What, what is what did he make the rope out of? Oh, yeah, he's like, What did he make a rope out of? And Jack, Jack Andrew Jackson's like, Human hair from my back, <laughs> which is just disgusting. Um, 
<laughs> so gross. Um, and of course, it's just a legend or whatever, but it, that happens. They talk, and I want to say then it cuts back to the bad pirates. Is that right? You know, um, I was like, in my memory, I was trying to recreate the movie, but there, there's parts in the middle I just can't remember the structure and the order of events, and this is one of those parts. I, I just, I don't remember what happens next. Like, I know they go, they go to Isla de Muerta and catch up with the pirates, but I don't know if that's immediately or very soon afterwards. Even if it's not immediately, I don't feel like any s- important story bits happen before that. Mm-hmm. So, good pirates catch up with bad pirates at Isle de Muerta. De Muerta. Um, the bad pirates are about to sacrifice Elizabeth over uh, the cursed gold. Um, so uh, I realized just now that we haven't talked hardly at all about the cursed gold. We just talked about how the medallion pulses out and calls to the pirates. It's in the story beats here. Yep. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry that we've forgotten this. The 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 gold was cursed by um, the native Native American Native American heathen gods. Um, because Cortez stole it. There's 800 pieces. Um, and as long as all the 800 pieces are together in one place, it's fine. Um, but as long as there's at least one piece missing, there's a curse. And that's what, uh, uh, Will Turner's dad did. He took one of the pieces and sent it to his son, Will. Um, and that's what Elizabeth found at the beginning on Will. He just she just took the medallion. And so, for the first time in you know a decade or so, all 800 pieces are together in one place. And the only way to counteract the curse is to spill the blood of the last person. Uh, who took a piece. Well, they didn't know that. They killed <laughs> they killed bootstrap Bill Turner and they're hoping that the blood of the child of bootstrap Bill Turner will so lift Elizabeth the curse. says she is Elizabeth Turner and not Swan. Yes. Elizabeth takes the name Turner um, for reasons. I I guess they never really say this. Also, sorry, I'm rubbing my eyes. They never really say this, and also, we gotta get on with this. This is a long synopsis. We've been recording for almost an hour and a half. Synopsis, man. Come on. Sorry. Still gotta get hers in. Snaps? No, her her synopsis. I don't know... If you don't want to, Erica, you definitely don't have to. I feel like you've just done such a great job. What could I contribute? 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. She does this because she thinks that she was initially was taken because she's the governor's daughter um, and wants to just to use the name Turner to keep safe. Because they probably figure the governor's name Swan. If her name's Turner, maybe they'll release her. Anyways, this ends up being a bad move. Um, so, flash forward back to Ila de Muerta, the island that you can't find unless you already know where it is. And they are about to spill her blood. Um, they only spill a little bit of it at first. They, like, cut her hand. And when it doesn't work, they throw her aside. And the pirates are mad. They start arguing. Um, and at this point, Will sneaks up and gets Elizabeth. Um, she's like just laying to the side. Um, there's like, it's like this, it's hard to describe uh to the listeners it's like there's like this pedestal like raised up area where the treasure is um but it's surrounded by or there's water behind it and will swims up in the water behind it and and elizabeth is like inches away from falling in the water right and um will wakes up elizabeth grabs her and somehow gets away with her um, meanwhile, Jack was going to be causing a distraction, um, but Jack gets captured by the pirates, um, when they realize that Elizabeth's gone, they, Jack and, Jack and, uh, Barbosa make an agreement, and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, where Barbosa just, like, is, like, agreed and that's not a gif for some reason um at least it's not on the iphone keyboard and i i would use that literally every day if i could um i also want to make a youtube clip of that um just because i love the way he says agreed also i really like when he says then we have an accord everything he says yeah, that's that's. I mean, if you made a Barbosa action figure, it'd be agreed. We have an accord, not you. We named the monkey Jack. Um, you know, typical action figure lines. Um, Will and Elizabeth escape. Jack's captured. Um, Will and Elizabeth get back to the ship. Gibbs is like, "Where's Jack?" Will's like, "He fell behind." Blah blah blah. Um, then they're off, and the in the bad pirates um, begin uh, pursuing the good pirates. They catch up, um, overtake the interceptor, and take the good pirates hostage. Um, blow up the interceptor. We think Will Turner's presumed dead. He's not dead. Um, he climbs up on the Black Pearl. All of the good pirates are held hostage. Uh, Elizabeth is, for some reason, not chained up with the rest of the P. 
people. Um, he's like, yo, you got the wrong Turner. I'm the right Turner. And he thre- threatens to kill himself. So all his blood will be spilt um, to the ocean. Um, so they could never be lifted of the curse. Um, one second. And um, then we realize that there's a lot of, or then we realize that there's been a lot of betrayal and stuff. Um, Like Jack was using, Jack was using Will, Um, Will probably was using Jack. Elizabeth was using Jack. Um, it's just this whole circle of betrayal. Anyways, we get to this point where Barbosa agrees to not kill Jack or Elizabeth. They instead get put on the same island that Jack was trapped on and take Will Turner hostage. They still have the good good pirates hostage. Um, and then we have this fun scene of Will, or not Will, Jack and Elizabeth drinking rum on the beach. And they're just like, yo-ho, yo-ho, the pirates lie for me. Um, which, Alex? A song from the ride. Thank you. Thank you. Right on cue. I can say I do remember that song very clearly from the ride. Just want to make that clear. I do remember at least one thing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica. <laughs> really bad eggs. Uh, I love this song. Um, so it's a great scene. Um, Jack like twirls up his mustache and um, wants to kiss Elizabeth. She's like, I haven't had enough. Jack thinks that. he's gonna fancy up to Elizabeth there. Mm-hmm. Um, he knocks out. She has this devious plan to, um, so the 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 rum came from the rum runners who use that island as storage. Um, they find their secret storage, uh, and then they drink the rum. Yo ho, yo ho, yo ho! Pirates life for me. Really bad eggs. Um, the as soon as Jack knocks out. Elizabeth hatches this idea to burn the rum storage and just pretty much set all the trees on fire and have this huge smoke signal. That's that signal's over a thousand feet high. There's and the entire British Royal Navy's out looking for me. There's no way they won't see it. Which remains to be seen. I feel like I feel like they could have not seen it. They just so happen to get rescued by the boat that Norrington's on. Um, and, and they're like, but we have to go back and save Will. And uh, they're like, well, Will got himself into this. He can get himself out. Pretty much. And Jack's still in deep doo-doo. Um, 
I can't remember how they convince Navy to help. I don't know. I don't. I, I literally just watched this yesterday. I don't remember. Erica, do you remember? I really cannot say that I remember. Anyways, the magic of movies. They, <laughs> they convince the British Royal Navy to help get these pirates. Um, oh, you know what? You know how it is? It's uh, Elizabeth agrees to marry Norrington. Oh. She, like, has her fingers crossed, you know? She's like... Um, Bad. Yeah, she's like... I'll marry you if you help me save him. Um, so they go in the dead of night, and then Jack and Elizabeth take a rowboat to uh, Isla de Muerta from from where the 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 blockade is, and Jack tips off. Tips off Barbosa, and just as they're about to, just as they're about to sacrifice Will, they're about to, they're literally about to slit his throat. He's like, "Wait, wouldn't do that." Uh, the entire British Royal Navy's out there. Um, just wait until they're dead. You can take all their ships. You can have a fleet. You could be Commodore Barbosa, and then. Uh, Jack will be captain of the Black Pearl again. Jack will get Barbosa a really big hat. Um, and Barbosa's like, boys, take a walk. And then we have one of the most badass walking scenes of all time. You just see these skeletons slow-mo walk on the bo- on the ocean floor and then climb up these ships. Is I feel like that was so cool. Mm-hmm. I think that was in the teaser trailer that I'm walking on the the ocean floor because I remember I remember the trailer just about as much as I remember the movie. <laughs> I do too. And Erica, when you when you saw this art, when you saw these skeletons slow mo walking on the ocean floor, what was going through your head? It was so cool. I mean, I only just learned like 45 minutes before that they were going to be skeleton pirates in the first place. So. <laughs> actually getting to um yeah i thought that was really really cool i thought it like looked cool visually like one thing i'm still impressed with was like how like good the movie looked considering that it's like not a super recent movie um yeah i thought film yes thank you um i thought it was i thought it was pretty badass to use your term before Alex and Erica, we go on with the rest of the summary. I think we have a word from our sponsor, Icecast. Ladies and gentlemen, do you love gaming, movies, and or TV? Well, shoot dang, do I have the show for you. Listen to the podcast that started it all, Weisscast. For nearly two years now, it has been available on your favorite podcast service. It has gone through some growing pains, but we finally hit our stride. And if you like that and want to be a part of it, go to their show, 
or go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weisscast, where for $1 a month, that gives you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. Also, it gives you the podcast early and uncut. Also, feel free to correct our mistakes. This has nothing to do with Patreon, but feel free to correct our mistakes at www.weisscast.com slash your-wrong. We'd love to hear, hear them, and we'll air them on the next episode. That is... Go to your favorite podcast service, type in Weisscast, and we are there. Now, back to the summary. Um, the the skeletons ascend the ships of the British Royal Navy and, and just straight up slit one dude's throat. And uh, they realize... EG-13. Um, oh, how could I forget... Rigetti, Gentle, they are the Trojan horse right here. They are in dresses, they have umbrellas, they are in a rowboat. They are distracting the Navy while the rest of the pirates sneak on to the Navy's ships and uh, can slaughter them. But they're somehow tipped off. Oh, they're tipped off because Gentle uh, gets mad and shoots and uh that's when they realize that they're being boarded and then there's this awesome just like multi-layered sword fight with just the clash of the navy and the pirates and then um in the in the cave where everyone else is um there's this sword fight between barbosa and sparrow uh jack i don't know why i called him sparrow um and it's really great um will is saved by Elizabeth. Um, there's two other pirates there. I guess just start standing guard. Maybe there's three. The the pirates like are that are about to eat. To eat. Yeah, the pirates. There's there's pirates. This is you're getting about getting to the part that I um was unfamiliar or I had forgotten about when Elizabeth climbed up the side of the Black Pearl. It cuts to this inside shot of these two pirates with this food, and they're like. What's the first thing you're going to eat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely... I, I skipped ahead. I forgot uh, Elizabeth completely... I forgot Elizabeth got on the Black Pearl and rescued the good pirates. I forgot she but didn't... That, that was the scene I was like, I, I never... I don't remember that line at mm. all. I don't remember the line. I remember the scene. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that they said anything. I thought they just like saw the 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 monkey fall on the cannon outside. Eventually they do. Yeah, eventually they yeah. stick their heads out the window. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So before she gets to the cave and rescues Will, that's when she rescues the good pirates. Um, then she goes to the cave. The good pirates help out with the battle. Um, the Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan um, take down the guards that are in in the cave. Um, this is when the corset line comes back up. She's like, you like pain? Try wearing a corset. And it's just one of those things that you were talking about with the writing, how it like kind of just keeps coming back up. And it's like, it's very self-referential. And it's, it's something something that makes the rest of development great, you know? It's like very self-referential. And um, 
I love it when movies and TV shows reference themselves. You know, mm-hmm. it's very good. Um, this is this sword fight is good, but it's not as good in my opinion. Barbosa and Jack. Yeah, I think it's uh, the the strength is that they keep going in and out of moonlight, so you see Barbosa transform from skeleton mm-hmm. to flesh. Yeah, and as well as Jack, who snuck a piece of the gold. See, do you think there's a little inconsistency in logic there? Because I I was under the impression that you had to be like part of the crew that stole the gold originally. You couldn't just take a piece and become cursed, but I don't know. Well, he was technically part of the crew, right? Oh, that's right. Duh. He, He was technically, and he got he got kicked off the ship um for before bootstrap sent away the other piece of gold so they weren't cursed really until the other piece of gold was sent away right i don't know i i it, it makes sense in my head it, it i don't think it's continuity error anyways um it seems really convenient that he can just pick up a piece of gold and be able to turn into a skeleton, but it works. Deus Ex Machina. If it only comes up once in this movie, that's fine. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool how they go in and out of the moonlight. You're right, that is pretty cool. But then, um, then they outsmart Barbosa. Um. Jack throws the coin to Will, who has already cut his hand um, in preparation to lift the curse. Um, there's like the standoff where Barbosa is pointing a gun at Elizabeth. Jack's pointing a gun at Barbosa. And we hear a gunshot. And we don't know who got shot. And then Jack or Barbosa opens his coat some and he's bleeding the cursive has been lifted and Barbosa has another one of my favorite lines and probably one of the best death lines of all time like I feel cold just love it he just then he's dead and then go back to the the British Royal Navy they realize that the pirates can die now and they're humans again so they realize that they won and they start chanting huzzah. And um, this whole time, the governor had been stuck or er, what's the word I'm looking for? Barricaded in Norrington's office and kind of chickening out against the a fight. And he like acts like he did a lot. During, he's like, huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. And he like does this little punch thing for like comic relief or whatever um jack's arrested by the navy we kind of flash forward presumably to the next day or the next week or whatever um jack's about to be hanged for his crimes will decides to save him um elizabeth decides to 
by both of their sides and be a pirate. Um, this is a pretty cool action scene. Will throws the that sword so Jack can stand on it. Um, so he doesn't get hanged. Um, Jack is like tiptoeing on it and just like barely like staying above um the point where he could be hanged. Um and there's this huge fight. Will pushes the what's his name? Or what the executioner into the crowd. He's this huge guy. He's probably like six eight, like four hundred pounds, just like pushes him into the crowd. It was a really cool fight between the executioner with his axe and Will with his sword. Um and then Will and Jack have this cool badass team up moment where they take the rope that Jack was supposed to be hanged with and like take out a bunch of dudes like tripwire style. And then they like wrap up four dudes around the column and like pull the rope and like, I guess, knock them out somehow. I don't know the logic behind that, but it looks kind of cool. Um, but then they get they get surrounded and this is when Elizabeth Swan's like psych Norrington don't want to marry you I'm in love with Will Turner and she faints again this was that was earlier I just skipped over it oh. um, and for some re- for reasons let everyone go. Um, they give Jack a, like a day's head start. Um, he like dives off the port or the fort and swims to the Black Pearl, which is there waiting for him with the good pirates. It's actually probably I think it's a mixture of the good pirates and the former bad pirates. Um, and the the original. Uh, Black Pearl crew. Yeah, it's a mixture of the original crew and Jack's new crew because Rigetti and Pintle still there. Um, and after Jack dives off, I mean, Will and Will and Elizabeth kiss. Jack swims to the Black Pearl. He has his compass and he's like ordering his pirates along and he's Drink up my hearties, yo-ho. And then the movie ends. Great ending. Fantastic ending. Um, yeah. That's Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, if you could... If you could score it, not like musical score it, but like out of ten, score it. What How many would... pieces of eight would I give it? <laughs> yeah, I I thought I think about this when I watch movies, and I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Erica, okay, I think you're muted. Yeah, um, I think it would be hard for me to give it like a number until I've seen the other ones, but I guess I'm not like ranking them i'm just giving it like a rating by itself um my first 
yeah, my first instinct is I was also going to say eight, but I don't want to like be a copycat. So maybe I'll say like eight and a half because I did oh, really. Say eight. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like I, I did really like it. Um, and it was a lot different than I thought it would be, which to me is exciting. I kind of thought I like knew what was going to happen, but I really didn't. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I my, my instinct is eight, but I might give it an eight and a half just because I did actually like it a lot more than I thought I would, which was exciting an eight is not a bad score listeners eight is great on our scale and you know what i i think i also have to give it an eight it is a very solid movie um i think very much carried by the acting of of old what's his name (laughs) Rush, yeah, of Jeffrey Rush and Jack Sparrow, I feel like they carry the movie. Um, the dialogue between them is written so well. Um, some of the characters, like you were saying, like Will Turner is not written very well. Well, it's not that he's not written well; it's just that he's like plays him kind of wooden. Um, and I'm wondering if, wondering if he was having trouble this, like if Orlando Bloom was having trouble distinguishing this character. Um, between uh, Legolas, because Legolas was like kind of supposed to be like more wooden um, mm-hmm. of a character, and you know, he, I know that there was a few years between the filming of this movie and the filming of the Lord of the Rings movies, but that was like his last like, major character. So I was wondering if he was like kind of just stuck in that headspace because I don't feel like he's as wooden of a character in other films. I could be wrong. But yeah, my instinct says to give it an eight as well. It's so good. Um, I I sometimes claim it in my top five movies. Like it's just, I think I've told both of you that like the fifth movie in my top five movies, like kind of rotates around, but like I have a solid top four. Um, I love this movie so much. The scores in it. Uh, like the musical score is incredible it has some of the most iconic music of all time uh the cinematography is beautiful um eric i remember you pointing out like a lot of the scenes like specifically like of the ships like on the ocean or whatever um just like how beautiful it was it still holds up it really does um i'm trying to think of oh now that we've scored it, Alex, Yeet. take us to our Darmok reviews. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can write in your own Darmok reviews. Um, how are they going to communicate with us? Patreon.com slash Weisscast. Okay. So uh, a little summary about Darmok. It's a, it's a reference to Star Trek The Next Generation, where uh, Picard and encounters this alien race that only speaks in uh like story references and if you want to find out how this what the syntax is um uh we can we have show notes you got show notes we will put it in the show notes we'll put the we'll put the the list in the show notes but um what i am going to do my best is try to summarize each movie we watch with these uh, with this Darmok syntax. So you got a preview earlier, and here's the full thing. 
Sparrow and Turner at Tortuga. Barbosa when the wall fell. Sparrow and Turner on the ocean. Beautiful. Beautiful. And hopefully, listeners, you can get us more our mock reviews in in future episodes. I or wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, that works because it's a pirate podcast. I um this has been Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter, Twitter at the Weiss is right. Um, Alex, where can they find you? Um, Instagram and Twitter at Alexander M. Weiss. Erica. You can find me on Instagram at Erica.lav, L-A-V. Um, you can find my pretty inactive Twitter, if you really care about my Twitter that I never tweet on, at underscore Lavender I-C-A. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this was Weiss Camera Action. This was a very fun first episode. Alex has something else to say. What's the Weiss cat or what's the Twitter, or what's the social media for the this podcast? But yeah, um, I haven't created a social media for Weiss Camera Action. She said, she said we, you're going to pull the listeners on social media. Oh, I was going to pull the listeners on Weisscast on Instagram. Go um, to Instagram, follow Weisscast. There we will pull. I'm going to change the handle to something. Weisscast Productions, maybe. Um, also, feel free to go to patreon.com slash Weisscast and become a Patreon producer so that we can keep the lights on here and also we can help create that will help us create more quality content. Um, we can't do this show without listeners like you. Um, thank you so much, everyone. And this has been really fun. Uh, Alex, Erica, this pilot episode is a, literally a dream come true. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Next week, Dead Man's Chest. I'm excited to keep doing these. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited as well. Until next week, guys. Um, drink up, me hearties. Really bad eggs. <laughs>